0: Uh, The title of our message is Strength of My Life. What a timely word. Uh, Many people need God as their strength today. Again, the title of today's message is Strength of My Life. Strength of My Life. Um, The title of today's message is coming from a worship song that I I really liked. I really was blessed by growing up, and the title of that worship song was Strength of My Life. Uh, Now, let's see if I can remember the lyrics. It goes something like, every day I look to you to be the strength of my life. You are the hope that I hold on to, to be the strength of my life. You see, one of the most wonderful parts of having a relationship with Jesus is that God is the strength of our lives. When you put your faith in Jesus, God becomes the strength of our lives. And of course, as we can see very clearly today, and as we see every day in all kinds of situations in this life, we need strength. In this life, we need strength. We need strength of mind. We need strength of will. We need strength for our hearts. We need strength for our souls. And we need strength for our spirits. And the good news is that throughout history, all throughout history, God has never failed. All throughout history, God has always strengthened His people. No matter what situation they were in, no matter what trials they faced, God always always, always strengthens His people. God's strength, God's grace has always been enough. It is enough and will always be enough. Amen. So this God, this is God's message for us today. If you believe in Jesus, God is the strength of your life. He wants to be the strength of your life at all times and in all things, in good times and bad times, in blessed times, in difficult times. God wants to be our strength. And if you read the Bible, you will find that there are many, many beautiful, rich, and powerful scriptures Uh, all about God's promise to be our strength and about what happens when we make God our strength. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 it says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will strengthen you, says the Lord. I will help you, says your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that. There's so much personal involvement of God in our lives. He's saying, I'm not going to send an angel to do it. I'm going to do it personally. I'm going to use my own hand to help you, to uphold you, and to strengthen you. Psalm 28 Verses 7 through 8, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy. Come on. That should be the Christian life and experience. Is your heart leaping for joy? My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him. Why? Because the Lord is my strength. Verse 8, The Lord is the strength of His people. Of who? Of all of His people. Of all of His children. Young and old, immature, mature, weak or strong. The Lord is the strength of His people. A fortress of salvation for His anointed one. And of course, a very popular verse, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me amen god is the strength of our lives and so with the rest of our time i want to talk about how can we experience god as our strength how can we experience the strength of god because i think Unfortunately, the experience of a lot of people is that they are not experiencing the strength of God in their life. There a lot of people say, "Well, I hear these 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 verses, I memorize these verses, there are all these promises, but why? Why am I not experiencing God's strength in my life?" And the lesson today is because there can be things that are blocking us, hindering us from experiencing God's strength in our life, and I pray that there will be breakthrough today, that we will break through all those things that are blocking us, all those things that are hindering us, and so I want to highlight a few of those things today for us. There could be many, but I want to mention three things, three things that could be blocking you From God's strength. And as we recognize these things, we will defeat and overcome these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Number one, the first thing that could be blocking you is worry and fear in your relationship with God. Is there worry and fear when it comes to your relationship with God? If so, that could be the thing that is blocking you from experiencing God's strength in your life. Again, the sad thing today is that many Christians are living with a constant worry and fear and burden in their relationship with God. Earlier, we talked about leaping with joy, and they say, well, that's unfortunately is like the, the that, that's the exception. That happens sometimes, right? Again, I like it, but most of the time, right? They feel empty. They feel spiritually empty. They feel spiritually dry. And that's not God's will. It should be reverse. The normal should be joy. The normal should be strength, right? And the exceptions should be Living spiritually empty and dry. And it's because, again, a lot of people carry needlessly worry and fear in their life. And that's why they feel dry and empty. And they feel like feeling following Jesus is so hard. And 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 in their minds and their hearts and their spirits, they're struggling with questions like, am I doing enough? Right? That's that worry, that fear in that relationship. Oh, I love God. I want to follow God. But am I doing enough? Am I praying enough? Am I being good enough? Am I denying myself, picking, my, picking up my cross enough? Am I living holy enough? Am I living pure enough? Am I being uh, righteous enough? And all of this is fear. This is what I call fear-based Christianity. And then again, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of Christians who will preach fear because they believe in fear. They believe in fear. They think that fear is what will make people live holy. They will say things like, oh, because God is holy, we should fear Him, be afraid to sin against Him. And that is what will make us live holy lives. I know that because I used to preach that. (laughs) I used to preach that everywhere. I preached that in America. I preached that in other countries. I used to preach that we should be afraid of God because that will make you, keep you holy. That will keep you from sinning. And so what we are doing is that we believe, we're putting our faith in being afraid. We're putting our faith in this this idea of, of, of fearing God. Now, The thing is, the Bible does teach about something called the fear of the Lord. One verse says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but the fear of the Lord is not about being afraid of God. That's the thing. The fear of the Lord here is not being afraid of God, and it's not about being afraid of what God will do to us. Look at 1 John 4.18. It says, There is no fear. (laughs) And again, this is talking about the afraid kind of fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You're afraid of God? You're afraid of what He'll do to you? No. Perfect love, the love of Jesus, is meant to take that away. For that kind of fear has to do with punishment. Again, you're afraid of what God will do to you. If you don't do enough, be enough. You know, what are the consequences? For fear has to do with punishment. And look at this. And whoever fears has not has not been perfected in love. That word perfected means whole. It means maturity. That means we are not whole. We do not have the whole, wholeness of God's love. Maybe you have a little bit, maybe you have a partial part, but you are not filled. You do not have the wholeness of who God is. In other words, you do not know God the way you should know God. Anybody who lives like this, anybody who thinks like this has not been perfected in love. You don't know God the way you should know God. You know Him a little, you know Him partially, but there's so much more. (laughs) There's so much more. Your spirit should be leaping with joy. Your heart should be full of strength. You see, when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, this means having a holy reverence, a holy awe of God. It's not about being afraid. It's about having a deep respect for God. It's about having this uh, uh, this utmost care. You care about God. You care about His heart. You care about how He feels. You care about how what you do affects Him. How what you do right? Makes him feel that either what you do brings joy to him and makes him happy, or what you do can break his heart and can disappoint and make him sad. That is the fear of the Lord. It means that we cherish God, honor God. Amen. The fear of the Lord doesn't come by human efforts. It comes by knowing God. It comes to knowing both his holiness and his love, because the Bible says what? That God is holy and that God is love you can't have the fear of the Lord with only one of those things. You can't have the fear of the Lord with only love, and you cannot have it without, with only holiness. God is holy and he is love. And when you put that together, 2 Timothy 1 through 7, it says this, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, not of fear. You're afraid of God? That's not from God. It's not from God. That's not what he gave us. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power of love, and of self-control. Power, love, and self-control. And I want to point out how there's a contrast here between fear and power, fear and love, fear and self-control. In other words, fear is antithetical. It is the opposite of these things. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, because if you have a spirit of fear, you're not going to have power, you're not going to have love, you're not going to have self-control. You're not going to have power to change, you won't have the love to change, and you won't be able to be able to control yourself in change, right? There is no power, the Bible is saying, in this kind of fear. There is no love in this kind of fear. There is no self-control in this kind of fear. The real power of God is not found in fear, it is found in freedom, The real power of God is found in the cross. It's found in the cross. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, (laughs) there is fear? No. People are afraid of God? No. If the Holy Spirit is really with you, when the Holy Spirit is present, there is freedom. There is freedom. Romans 8.15 says, Again, for you did not. Notice how many times he says not, right? You did not receive. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Don't go back to that. That was before Jesus. That's the kind of life that you should have before Jesus. Or that was the fear. That's the kind of life you had before Jesus. God, Jesus didn't die for you so that you can keep living like that. No, don't go back to that. That's a spirit of slavery, but through Jesus, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, as children of God, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. Amen? Amen. 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 And so by, by, by grace, by intimacy, by knowing God as Abba, Father, God wants to take away that worry and that burden and the fear in your relationship with God and knowing Him as Abba Father is what gives us strength, gives us strength every day in our walk with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, the second thing, the second thing that could be blocking you from experiencing God's strength in your life is guilt and shame in your relationship with God. In your relationship with God. So again, a lot of Christians in their relationship with God, they have a lot of guilt, they have a lot of shame because of sin. Now, being unfaithful to God, committing sin, living in sin, naturally takes joy and strength away from our relationship with God. So this is true. When we sin against God, when we commit sin, when we live in sin, right, that will cause us to lose strength in our relationship with God, and therefore, we should do all that we can. We should do all that we can to fight against sin. We should do all that we can to not sin against God so we do not lose that strength, but the truth of the matter is, is that when we do sin, we lose that strength, but the good news is that we can do something about it. We can do something about it. The good news is that we can repent. We can go to God. And God will still give you strength. Even in the midst of the struggling of your sin, even in the midst of you trying to change, failing to change, God will still give you strength. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's no rejection, right? There's only acceptance. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then Psalm 73, verses 25 through 26, it says this, Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. Man, can you feel the passion in there? Right, the passion for God. Oh, God! Right? I want you more than anything in this world. If I have you, I don't need anything else. I can give up all things. I can surrender all things for God. Talk about righteousness. Talk about holiness. Talking about denying yourself, picking up your cross and following Him. That's what this is. When I have you, when I know you, this earth has nothing I desire besides you. But where does this come from? Verse 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is still the strength of my heart and still my portion forever. Amen. Amen. This, this person has fallen in love with Jesus to the point of wanting to give up everything give all things to God and the reason why he is so in love with God so in love with Jesus is because in those moments in those times in those seasons when his flesh was failing when his heart was failing he experienced the strength of God he experienced the faithful love of God the faithful grace of God hallelujah so even when my flesh fails God will still be my strength even when my heart fails God will still be my strength and my portion forever. Amen. Amen. This is the gospel. Amen. This is the gospel. Amen. This is the word. This is the message of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. But see, we will still heal here. We can still hear religious messages and legalistic messages that will say things like, Okay, if you want to, if you want to experience God's power, if you want to experience God's strength in your life, then you must be pure. You must live holy. You must stop sinning and live righteously. God cannot bless somebody who is unrighteous. God cannot bless you unless you change. If you want to experience the power of God in your life, you must be pure. But the gospel says something different. The gospel says God will give you strength. God will give you power to help you to stop sinning. Amen? To help you to change. You don't have to stop sinning to receive God's power. No, you need God's power to stop sinning. That's why he says, even though my heart and flesh may fail, God is still the strength of my heart. God wants to change my heart. He wants to give me strength to overcome. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, But he, God, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. <laughs> my power is made perfect in weakness. Not when your weakness is gone. Not when you clean up yourself and live holy, repent, and stop that sin. No, the power doesn't come after. The power comes in our weakness. The power comes so that there can be transformation. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me so that Christ Christ's power may rest on me i pray you all have rest today that you'll be able to rest in the hands of God today, knowing that he is the one who carries you. This is what makes the gospel so good. You know, the word gospel means good news. This is why it's good news. And this is why it's so different from all the other religious messages of the world, religious messages outside and other religions and also within the Christian church. Because a religious message will say this, right? The religious message will only give you what to do. Right? they will say, do. Do. But the gospel, Jesus, gives us the how. He says, I will give you the strength amen. to do. Amen. I saw something online the other day where uh, it said, uh, as Christians, we are called to a life of daily denying ourselves and dying to our flesh. And to that, I say amen. 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 Jesus did say if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. I say, amen. I say, that's good. But I also say, but there's more. Amen. <laughs> but there's more. That's good. But that's only the what. That's good. But what we need is the how. Amen. The gospel gives us something better. See, the question that the gospel answers is how? How can I do that? How can I change? How can I deny myself daily? Because as, as, as much as Christians preach, deny yourself pick up your cross, this is the way, this is the way, right? The world, this is, this is blah, 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 blah. As, if, as if the world doesn't preach this. But you know what? After growing up <laughs> and, being, and learning some things, I realized denying yourself is not uniquely a Christian message. Growing up, I, I thought that was the Christian message that was opposite of the world, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. That's not what the world says. The world says, do what you want. Do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, no, actually, the world also preaches denying yourself, right? Not all the world, but some of the world does. You know, having grown up and and having studied some philosophy, there's actually a philosophy called stoicism. And stoicism is all about self-denial. It's all about self-restraint. It's all about denying your impulses and fleshly nature. Right? You see, even the world preaches deny yourself. Even other religions preach deny yourself. In fact, some of them are probably doing it better than us as Christians. You know, one of the central values of of Buddhism is living that monk life, (laughs) right? Living that monk life, giving up the things of the world, giving up the pleasures of this world. So, denying yourself is not uniquely Christian. Denying yourself, all people can preach that. Non-Christian, other religions, that's not what makes the gospel special. What makes the gospel special is that God says, I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will change you. Without me, you can do nothing. Without apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. But with me, all things are possible. Life with God for God, all because of Jesus. That is uniquely the gospel. That's what makes the gospel the gospel. That's what makes following Jesus so special and so different. Amen. God calls us to deny ourselves, and then he enables us. He graces us. He helps us. Hallelujah to do, to follow His will. God will give you the strength to resist temptation. God will give you the strength to repent when you fall into temptation. And He will give you the strength to keep trying, to keep persevering, persevering, to keep pursuing righteous life and transformation. It all comes from God. And you know what? That strength, you know where that power comes from? It comes from knowing Him. It comes from being intimate with Him, being close to Him, being in His presence, in His presence is fullness of joy. It's God's love, it's God's grace through it's God's love and joy through grace that gives us the real power of God. Amen. Come on somebody say power up. power, power up. up. We're like Super Mario we're about to eat that mushroom and power up in Jesus name. right? Does you love that right? Power up. I'm about to power up with Jesus. come on come on, time to power up power up. Amen. Number three, and the third thing, and the third thing, I think we can start the piano now. And the third thing that could be blocking uh, you from experiencing God's strength in your life is this, is that you're not putting in the work in your relationship with God, right? You're not putting in the work that is necessary in your relationship with God. So, uh, for example, you know, if you don't work out, it would be ridiculous for you to expect to be strong, right? If you're not working out, you can't expect strength. So in the same way, we need to work out as Christians. We need to invest. We need to commit. We need to prioritize our relationship with God. The Bible says you will reap what you sow. What you put in, that's what you will get out. Now it ultimately is all by grace, but God, but God has a part for us to play, a responsibility that we need today. And in fact, God gives us. The fact that we can put work into our relationship with God is grace. The fact that you have a relationship with God in the first place is grace. And the fact that God gives us a way to cultivate strength in the Lord is grace. First Chronicles 16:11, it says, seek the Lord, seek. You got to seek, you got to do the seeking. Seek the Lord and seek His strength. Seek His presence continually, continually, not just on Sundays. Continually. You want to experience His strength? Seek it. You want to experience His strength? Seek His face. Spend time with God. You can't expect a relationship to be strong if you're not investing in that relationship. If you're not spending time with that person, if you don't spend time to get to know that person, how can you expect that relationship to be strong? Now, seek His presence continually. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 31, chapter 40, verse 31, it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Man, that's really, that's, there's a lot to learn from that, right? So Christian life is not like you're always feeling strength all the time. There will be times when you feel tired. There will be times when you feel like quitting. But God is faithful that in those times, He will renew your strength. He will replenish your strength. But it happens through waiting on the Lord. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Again, what does it mean to wait for the Lord? To spend time with God. (laughs) to spend time with God, spend time, make effort to get closer to Him, to know Him more, to enjoy Him, to worship, to to pray, to wait upon the Lord. That's what it is. Psalm 84, verses 4 through 7. Again, Psalm 84, 4 through 7. It says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever, ever praising you. Yeah. They're dwelling in They have the strength to keep praising God. Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Verse 7, this is a wonderful. They go from strength to strength. They go from strength to strength. Right? not less and less, more and more. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom of God. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Amen. Amen. So three things here really quick. Number one, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Dwell, they stay, right? They don't just stop by on a Sunday, receive, and then go live the rest of their lives without God. No, they're dwelling. I'm seeking. I'm spending time with God. I am doing life with God. Amen. I'm doing life with God. God is with me at work. God is with me when I wake up. God is with me when I'm up. God is with me when I'm down. God is with me when I do good. God is with me when I do bad amen, I am doing life with God and constantly seeking His face, constantly, you know, uh, focusing on, 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 on being with God, dwelling in us, being in His presence. They are ever praising you. Number two, blessed are those whose strength is in you. That is to say, I make God my strength. God is my main source of strength. Now, God can work through other things and other people to give you strength, of course. Right, the Bible says, right. There, there, there's all sorts of scriptures that that celebrate and tell about the goodness of, of unity and family and friends, but none of these things should ever take the place of God. Right, we should never lean on our family or our friends or people or circumstances. We should never lean or depend on things more than God. God is the most important. Our relationship with God is the most rela- important thing in life. 됩니다, right? <laughs> it's like I said, I heard that in Korean for some reason. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> 있어, right? yeah. Something feels different in Korean, right? Uh-huh. You got to guard it. You got to protect it at all costs, right? And not at the expense of your other relationships. No, when God is first, you seek first the kingdom of God, all other things will be blessed right? All other things. Because again, our relationship with God is the source of strength to love my family, to love my friends, right? To serve, to, to, to be used by God. So blessed are those whose strength is in you. I set God as my strength. And number three, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. It's a journey. It's a process. You can't just say one day, like, snap your fingers. Okay, God, you promised strength, so give me strength. Again, no, there's a journey. There's a process. you got to invest, spend time with God, seek God. So, again, three things, worship. you got to commit to worship, commit to word, commit to prayer. Not so that you can be accepted, not so that you can be some good Christian. No, because you are a child of God, beloved of God. And like a good father, he's instructing, now, this is the way. You can strengthen yourself. This is the way you can grow and grow in my strength and experience my power, experience my strength, right? Through taking time, committing to worship in your life, uh, getting into the Word of God, because the Word will set you free, and in prayer. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's put the work in. Amen. Put the work in. Let's go to the Lord.